Psalm 23. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. And there's a, two people walking around who will give you a Bible if you need one. Can somebody call out the number? 458. 458, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 1 reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Please bow your head with me as we go to our Lord in prayer. Lord. We thank you that you are a faithful shepherd of your sheep. We ask that you would teach us more and more what that means this morning through your holy inspired word. Heavenly Father, would you please pour out your Holy Spirit upon this congregation this morning? and pierce, encourage, and uplift our hearts through your living word. Please supply me, Heavenly Father, with the grace to preach your word with conviction and clarity and compassion and humility, with total dependence upon you for your help. Father, I know that I cannot come close to communicating all of the beauty and the glorious truths found here in this psalm. But please take my feeble efforts and multiply them for the encouragement of your sheep and for the sake of your glory. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And Dr. J. Vernon McGee's Through the Bible Commentary series on the book of Psalms, he says this, quote, Psalm 23, which is so popular, would be meaningless without Psalm 22. In Psalm 22, we see the cross. In Psalm 23, the crook. In Psalm 24, the crown. 
In Psalm 22, Christ is Savior. In Psalm 23, he is Satisfier. In Psalm 24, he is Sovereign. In Psalm 22, he is the foundation. In Psalm 23, he is the manifestation. In Psalm 24, he is the expectation. In Psalm 22, he dies. In Psalm 23, he is living. In Psalm 24, he is coming. Psalm 22 speaks of the past. Psalm 23 speaks of the present. And Psalm 24 speaks of the future. In Psalm 22, he gives his life for the sheep. In Psalm 23, he gives his love for the sheep. In Psalm 24, he gives us light when we shall appear. What a beautiful picture we have of Christ in these three psalms. End of quote. These three psalms have been referred to as the shepherd psalms. And Psalm 23 in particular has been considered by many the most famous psalm or the most famous chapter in the book of Psalms. But as we approach Psalm 23 this morning, please don't allow your familiarity with this psalm to cause you to approach this psalm casually. Instead, ask God to give you a childlike spirit as we approach this text this morning. As we walk through these six verses in Psalm 23, I want to um, look at three things. Okay, the first thing I want to look at is the shepherd's guidance and care for his sheep. The second thing that I want to look at is the shepherd's presence and protection of his sheep. The third thing that I want to look at is the shepherd's table and eternal home for his sheep. I'll repeat that. There's three things that I want us to look at. The first thing, the shepherd's guidance and care for his sheep. The second thing, the shepherd's presence and protection of his sheep. And the third thing that I want us to look at is the shepherd's table and eternal home for his sheep. So let's look at number one, the shepherd's guidance and care for the sheep. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Before we go any further, notice that David doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. (laughs) He doesn't even say that the Lord is the shepherd. But he says that the Lord is my shepherd. You see, this is personal for David. David has a personal relationship with his Lord. Here's a question for you. Can everyone say that the Lord is my shepherd? The answer is no. Only believers, only followers of Christ, only the Lord's sheep can say that the Lord is my shepherd. And the reason why David is able to say that the Lord is my shepherd is because the Lord is first David's savior. 
If you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you can say with David these five words. The Lord is my shepherd with unshakable confidence. Notice that he goes on to say that I shall not want in verse 1. When he says, I shall not want, what he really means is, I shall not lack. Because there's a lot of things we want, right? We're wanting all the time. I'm sure one of you are going to want to eat right after service. But David is pointing out that he shall not lack. God's sheep will not lack a thing. You could be jobless and you still won't lack. Because the Father provides for his children always. There isn't a thing that God's children will go without that they are in need of. And I want to remind you that he doesn't give us what we want, but he gives us what we need. And he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Amen. Um, Verse 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. This is a picture of rest. God gives his sheep rest. I love what Matthew eleven twenty eight says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God gives his sheep rest. And James Johnston's commentary on the book of Psalms, he talks about a man by the name of Philip Keller who worked as a shepherd for eight years, and he recorded his insights in his book, A Shepherd Looks, at Psalm 23. When sheep lie down, Keller says, it is because they are safe and satisfied. It is almost impossible for them to be made to lay down unless form requirements are met. Owning to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they are free from all fear. Because of their social behavior within a, a flock, sheep will, lie, will not lie down unless they are free from friction with others of their kind. If tormented by flies or parasites, sheep will not lie down. Only when free of these pests can they relax. Lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel in need of finding food. They must be free from hunger. So I think that's interesting how he says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. And even if you think of sheep, Um, A sheep won't lie down unless he's fed, unless he's full. And this is just a picture of God satisfying his sheep and guarding them from fear and harm to where they're able to actually lay down and rest. That's the type of shepherd that we have. What a glorious shepherd. James Johnson goes on to say this, quote, So lying down implies that sheep are free from fear, friction, flies, 
and hunger. Their shepherd cares for them physically, medically, socially, and emotionally. End of quote. What a beautiful metaphor of what it looks like for our good shepherd, Jesus, to care for us, his sheep. Hallelujah. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. David knew what it meant for his soul to be restored. He was a man who fell deeply sinned greatly and received mercy abundantly like David. Do you need to be restored this morning? Some of you here may be sinning against God by giving into pornography. You can be restored. Some of you may be sinning against God by being in an unhealthy relationship that's leaving you plagued with guilt. Listen, you can be restored. Some of you may be struggling with unforgiveness and shame because of something that was done to you in the past. Listen, you can be restored. The enemy will try to lie to you and tell you that you can't be restored. He'll say to you that you're too sinful, you're too messed up, you're too broken. Listen, you are never too broken for Christ to mend you. And you are never too sinful for Christ to cleanse you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Christ is able to cleanse the most vilest sinner. His blood is able to cleanse the most vilest wretch. Only Jesus, only Jesus can. One of the most beautiful passages in Scripture is found in Luke 15, 4 through 7. It reveals vividly how our good shepherd pursues his lost sheep and restores them. Listen, it says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that he is lost, that he has lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who are in no need of repentance. Look at this picture. You have our great shepherd who goes after the sheep. He seeks the sheep until he finds the sheep. The one that is lost, he picks up the sheep. He puts the sheep on his shoulders. He brings the sheep back. He calls neighbors and friends and says, come and rejoice with me over the sheep that has been found. He doesn't take the sheep off his shoulders and throw it on the ground and scold it and say, what's wrong with you? Why did you stray away? What's your problem? 
He doesn't do that. He's a loving, kind, tender shepherd who restores his sheep in a gentle manner. Praise God for our loving, gentle Savior. The Lord's restoring is not harsh and condemning. The Lord's restoring is compassionate and comforting. You may be wandering far away from the Lord even now, but I want to let you know that as you're wandering out there, you're not alone. There is one who is seeking you, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I plead with you, if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit leading you back to him, repent of your sin and turn back to your shepherd who will welcome you with kindness and care, who loves you even in the midst of your sin. He's a gracious, gracious Savior. The Bible also points out that he leads us in paths of righteousness. And he does this for his name's sake. If we are, are not bound to the drugs we used to be bound to, or sleeping around like we used to sleep around, or whatever it is in your life, it's because God has worked his righteousness into you. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He does it for his glory. We get the benefits, God gets the glory. For us to try to act like we did this on our own would be like a a little kid who's grabbing on monkey bars who can't hold on. And the father comes and helps the kid and holds the kid while the kid's holding on to the monkey bars. And he's really not doing anything. He's just putting his hands on it, holding a grip. But the father's doing all the work. And then the kid comes down and runs to mommy and says, look at what I did. And the father's like, no, you didn't. I was doing all the, I was the one holding you the whole time. You just had, you barely held on. Well, that's what it's like when we try to say that, that I have broke away from my addictions or pulled myself up out of my sin. No, it's the Father who did everything. He was the one who provided the righteousness for us, the righteous path. He led us in righteousness for his name's sake. It pleases him for us to walk in his ways. He gets all the glory and we get the benefits. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to point out is the shepherd's presence and protection of his sheep. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. From what I understand of what was going on in ancient Israel was you had shepherds that were with their sheep. And when winter came, they would lead their sheep from their current green pastures. It wasn't really green anymore because they had ate all the grass. So they had to lead them from that current location to another location where they could have green pastures. And in this journey, a lot of times they would walk through valleys. And as they would walk through these valleys, they would have 
predators lurking in the background, wolves and other predators who were lurking in the background wanting to devour the sheeps. sheep. But the, the, the shepherd would walk with his rod and his staff. The staff was to lovingly guide the sheep as they walked on their journey. The rod was to defend the sheep if someone came, um, if a predator came and tried to attack them. And it's such a beautiful metaphor and a beautiful picture of how God protects us and leads us and guides us and directs us even when we go through the valley. Recently, I was in my own valley. On July 2nd, my father passed away. It came out of nowhere. I got a phone call out of nowhere that he was rushed to the hospital and that his heart was failing. I left D.C. to go to New Jersey, and as I'm driving, they call me again, and they say that, that his, heart, his heart has stopped, and they're trying to revive him back. Then they called me again and said that they revived him back. Then they called me again and said his heart stopped again. And then they called me again and said they're trying to revive him back, and they revived him back. And when they called me again after that, I said, please don't tell me. When I get there, I'll know What's going on? And when I arrived at Camden, I arrived to a cold, dead body. Burying my father was one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. I praise God that he was a believer, but it was so hard for me. There was times when I felt so much pain that I was trembling. I couldn't control my nerves. But even in that valley, my Lord was with me. Can't no one tell me that when God's children cries out to him for help, he doesn't hear them. Can't no one tell me that God doesn't hear the cries of his children who are afflicted. Can't no one tell me that when his children are in need, he doesn't answer. I've experienced it. God was with me in the valley. And even when my father was in the valley looking deaf in the face, God was with him. And he ushered him through the valley of death into heaven. He shepherded him through the valley of death into heaven. Just three weeks later, I received a text. And the text read this. Dear friends, our hearts break as we let you know that our son, Jameson and his wife, Ezra, age three, Violet, two, a baby, Calvin, just two months old, were all killed in a car crash yesterday, July 31st. They were traveling to their final month of training before going to Japan as missionaries. They were stopped at a construction site when a semi rear-ended, rode over them, and consumed their van and fire. They are now in the presence of the Lord. Here it was that they came face to face with death, and a lot of people would say, well, God couldn't have been present in that circumstance. That's not true. He was present the entire time. So much so that he ushered this family, this believing family, 
to glory. I think of our sister uh, Vivian that just passed away, being in uh, the hospital for, for a month, looking death in the face. And the reality is that she has died. But the reality is that she has died in the Lord. And valleys are real and death is real, but our shepherd is real as well. And our shepherd, shepherd, my father, he shepherded uh, those, those, that family that was crushed by this truck and Vivian, Miss Vivian, into glory. He's a father. He's a shepherd. He's kind. He leads us through paths of righteousness and, and uh, green pastures and valleys. He's still with us all the way to glory. And when we go through the valley, it doesn't mean that he has now removed himself. No. The valley is just as much of God's plan for your life as the green pastures are. In the valley, we have to trust him, though. So in your valley, do you find yourself complaining or do you find yourself content? Do you find yourself not trusting or do you find yourself trusting the Lord? The Bible makes it very clear that he is with us. And therefore, we don't need to fear when we go through valleys. I want to say this last thing before we move on. If you just think there's many of things in your own life that you can think of that happened that should have took your life. Just think about that for a minute. You've been in circumstances where you're like, man, my life should have been wiped out. But there was someone who was shepherding you, protecting you in the midst of all of that. Notice how it says the shadow of death. It's a shadow. It's, it's hovering over. It's a shadow. The shadow of a bee can't sting you. The shadow of a bullet can't kill you. <laughs> and the shadow of death cannot kill the believer who is truly God's sheep. For those who die in the Lord, they really just go to sleep. And there's coming a day when our Lord will come and grab them and take those with him who have fallen asleep. Amen. Amen. The last thing I want to point out is the shepherd's table and eternal home that he has for his sheep. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Just think of this picture of a table and David saying, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. Him sitting at this table eating as enemies are watching, and these enemies can't do nothing. And then he goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil. Um, all over the Bible, anointing someone with, with oil um, always symbolized blessing or honor. 
So you got someone who's at this table being honored and blessed and eating and feasting in front of enemies who can't do nothing. Uh, This is a sign of celebration. This is a sign of victory. The Lord is hosting his people to sit at a table and feast in front of enemies, and they can't do nothing about it. And then it says, my cup overflows. There's abundant blessing and abundant joy in the midst of enemies who can't do anything. That's the picture here. And then you see in verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The good shepherd is going to bring us home. He's going to bring us home. John says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were so, if it were not so, Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Our shepherd is shepherding us in this journey of life through green pastures. He shepherded us in the valley of the shadow of death. And we don't need to fear evil because he's with us. And our shepherd is also going to shepherd us all the way to glory. We're on a journey. We're on a pilgrimage. And we know that we're going to get to our destination because of the one who is leading us there. Amen. Amen. We can rest assured that our good shepherd will lead us, his sheep, through green pastures, through valleys of the shadow of death, all the way to our heavenly home in glory. He's faithful. If you don't know this shepherd today, I want to let you know that he is a faithful shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. The Bible makes it very clear that he was a lamb who was slaughtered and crushed on the cross so that those who are goats, unbelievers, could become those who are followers, sheep. He said, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger will not follow. If you're hearing his voice today, I want to tell you to repent and turn from your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He is a a kind Savior, a gentle Savior, a Savior who is able to give you new life and present you righteous in front of a holy and righteous God. But you must trust in his perfect righteousness and his righteousness alone. And he will restore you. And lead you in paths of righteousness for his namesake all the way to glory. But choose this day who you will serve. Oh, I want to see you with us saying worthy is the lamb on that day when we are worshiping the lamb who was slain. 
Harden not your heart, beloved. And believer, continue to trust in your shepherd through highs and lows, green pastures and valleys, because he's going to get us home. He's going to get us home. Please bow your head with me. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for the privilege to be able to share your word this morning. Lord, I pray again that you would take my feeble efforts of trying to expound the beauty that is in this psalm and multiply it for your people's joy and for your glory. I pray, God, that you would draw more sheep to yourself. And that you would lead more sheep to your eternal dwelling. Father, I pray that we would know that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we should fear no evil because God is with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. May May we have confidence in saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.